Hi there, I'm Nihal and you're listening to the Rescue Tales podcast, the show dedicated to helping you settle your adopted rescue dog. In this episode, I chat with Debbie Luckin about what to do if your dog is scared of children and reacts around them. Of course, it's really important to make sure that we take the right precautions as dog parents to make sure the children are safe and that we support our dogs to overcome the sphere using positive approaches. And that's what I chat with Debbie about in this episode. Debbie is the founder of Kids Around Dogs, which is an association of dog trainers and behaviorists who specialize in helping families with children to train their dogs and live in harmony together. As always, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hi, Debbie, and welcome back to the Rescue Tales podcast. Hello, thank you for having me back. Well, our first conversation was so insightful. And as I was saying before we started recording, you just gave some really tangible takeaways for people to just go away and implement right away. So after having spoken to a couple of our listeners who have issues, including myself, actually, issues with their dog kind of reacting a little bit when they're around children, I, of course, reached out to you to see if you would come back and have another chat with me. (laughs) I'm super happy to be back. Obviously, it is upsetting to know that that some dogs are not happy around kids. So obviously, you want to sort that out. (laughs) Well, you're absolutely the right person for this. But just for listeners who might not have listened to that first episode, just tell us a little bit about who you are, your background and kids around dogs. So Debbie Lacking. And I'm a, a fully qualified um, dog trainer with the IMDG and dog behaviorist with the ISCP. And I'm also the founder of CAD, Kids Around Dog. We specialize, we're an association of dog professionals, and we specialize in working with families, with children and dogs to make sure that they can live happily together and safely as well. And I've also uh, created a protocol uh, that has been very successful to help children who are scared of dogs so we can help them to uh, overcome their fear. Wonderful. So my first question, Debbie, is why do some dogs react to children by barking and lunging? And maybe if you could respond to the question where you have a scenario where you have a dog that was previously oblivious to children, didn't really kind of just sort of ignored them, seemed to be fine around them. And then suddenly there's been a behavior change versus a dog that's always kind of exhibited that kind of behavior around children. Mm-hmm. So it, it always depends as well to, to see how the dog is reacting to children, because sometimes even the lunging is, is different, has different intention, if you like, from a dog to the next. Even a puppy could be lunging just because he's overexcited, but it could appear to be um, a little bit forceful, if you like. So it could be misinterpreted there. And that could just be by being overexcited because kids are uh, fidgeting and they scream and they dance around and they may wear a tutu in the, <laughs> in the middle of a, of a park uh, for no reason at all. And that could make uh, dogs be overexcited or nervous because there are things that they can't, simply they cannot comprehend. Children are known to be a little bit, feel like unpredictable at times, and they might be sitting on a chair one second and they just be dancing the next. And that's what the kids are like, and they should be, obviously. But at the same time, that those kind of movement, the, the, the change of voice, tone, and, and volume, often, again, what they wear could be different. So all those, those changes, can affect some dogs 
and that could be why they react so strongly towards. In fact, as well, the children are smaller than than adults. So physically smaller can also be seen as bit as weird to dogs. So if you have dogs that be reacting the same way towards children for as long as you know, basically, they could have had a bad a bad experience around kids. Even say that as a puppy, they might have I don't know barked or act over excitedly around children and the owner told them off, that could be that one bad experience that they associate to children. Even that one little thing to some dogs could be enough to form a, a bad association and they go, oh, I didn't do anything wrong. Children did, so it's their fault. <laughs> so sometimes it really is that, that little thing that is enough to a dog to, to upset a dog. So the, the why of a sudden sudden change is difficult to pinpoint. There are there could be many reasons. So before we we went we went live, you were telling me that in Barcelona over um, the summer the streets are empty because everyone goes away, and then they come back because school are open again. So obviously kids go back to school and life goes comes back to normal. So the city is busy again. So such a change would be massive from a dog perspective, wouldn't it? Mm. Um, Suddenly, you know, the city is calm and I can have my walk and I can, you know, smell the flowers, whatever. And then, wow, there is traffic again. Kids are going back and parents are stressed out. And it's just life is, is, is crazy again. And while we understand it, we might not like it, but we understand it. Dogs can't, don't have that luxury. So they would react the way they feel they should react. And it might be in a negative way. Assume that there has been a specific trigger or change that has led to the dog reacting to children that way. And that reaction might change because now actually, now I think about it. Initially, Rosa, my dog, was indifferent towards children. I thought this is perfect, right? Because I remember what you said last time when we talked, if the dog's just happy to ignore the kids and they're being kids around the dog and dog's like, whatever you do your thing, that's actually a good thing. So she used to be like that. And then she was like, what are you, like small, small people? She didn't quite, under, you could see she was trying to work out what they were. And then she she would start doing a play bow if she saw them and she would bark, like, play with me. And it was a real like, play with me, bark. And then they wouldn't. And some of the kids would be like, shh, shh, like trying to hiss her away because they were, they were scared. So I would take, go walk in the other direction and and take her away, but never tell her off or anything like that. And now it's evolved into if she sees, and it's not consistent, but often if she sees a child, especially like a toddler up until like, it depends on the height. When they start looking like they could be potentially an adult, she's, she's again indifferent towards them. But if they look like they are a child, you can see the nervousness starting to build up. And, you know, if I recognize that's happening, I'll obviously divert her to move in a different direction. So we don't have the instance where she's barking and lunging, but often it will turn into a bark that is not a bark, not a play bark. It is mm-hmm. definitely, a, I don't know what you are. You seem threatening to me. Go away, go away kind of bark. So how would you advise people like me and other listeners who have this kind of challenge where it's evolved with, with their dogs? How do you respond? Because telling, like you said, Anya, telling them off is not going to work because it will just reinforce, oh yeah, you ought to be afraid of these kids and it will just make the problem worse. Yeah. Also, on top of that, it wouldn't, 
it really wouldn't uh, do it any favors as such. So first of all, we would want to um, avoid places like parks where there might be playgrounds or uh, um, going to walk the dog near uh, places where there are schools or uh, nurseries and stuff. So where you know the children would be quite uh, likely to be, try to avoid those locations and try to avoid taking uh, the dog out um, when school is meant to almost start because that would be the school run so they'd be quite excited or or not <laughs> to be going to school same thing goes on taking the dog out don't take the dog the dog out when uh, school is over for the day so for instance in england school starts about quarter to nine and finishes at least for my child and finishes at three twenty. So during that time is a good time to take the dog out. After that, especially right after school is finished for the day, so around four, that's when is the busiest. So every park will have some kids in there. So I would say to be mindful of that. Lunchtime seems to always be a good time to mm. avoid children because even the little ones that don't go to school yet will be home to be fed <laughs> somehow. So lunchtime is a good time for that but it's then busier with other kind of people maybe dog walkers as well but if if the problem with children then yeah lunchtime is a good time to go to go out so avoiding avoiding obvious interaction with kids that would be the first the first step I would take then I would use as well I would make sure that my dog responds well to this way so we're changing direction or to attach to to come to me in a targeting way so that Again, I can then um, move away from wherever it is that I am. I would want to make sure that my dog knows how to walk nicely on the lead and to respond to certain pattern games. My my go-to <laughs> reference is uh, uh, Leslie uh, McDewitt. She's brought a, a few books um, on, on pattern games, so uh, to help the dog to respond to certain certain uh, situations. So those are, are perfect games to use with the dog to also teach him to walk on the lead nicely. And then so I would use that as well to help the dog to, to follow me as such. By also associating this kind of training with what's happening around them, uh, the dog will feel you know better because I'm, I'm looking after him or her. And they know, right, okay, mom loves me. Mommy's got, mommy's got the goods, <laughs> the old dogs or whatever, and we can go somewhere else. The other thing that I was thinking about as well is there is a, a behavior called peekaboo or middle, depends mm -hmm. how people like it. Basically it's when the dog walks behind you and then appears between your legs. I sometimes use that when there are dogs around and I can't get, oh, sorry dogs, the children are, and I can't get away but maybe the situation is a little bit overwhelming. I would suggest my client to to teach the dog that so the dog can feel safe with the with their human and they wouldn't lunge toward, towards the children. They can't jump up as well because they're there between the legs of the owner. And as soon as then the situation is okay, then I can I can get the family to move or the, the dog to move so that I can the dog can be uh, taken away from the situation. I would never, never put the dog in a situation it doesn't want to be. So these I see actually quite often when humans go, oh, go on, it's just a child, oh, go on then to the dog. 
oh, go and meet the kids. But that's not, you know, that's really not right. Or they say to the dog, it's fine, it's just a child. And then they invite the child to come even closer yeah. to, you know, it's all right, it'd be fine. He's never done anything. But that is really pressuring the dog and putting him in an even worse situation. So definitely avoid pushing either humans or or. Uh, dog together if they don't want to be. The other thing, of course, is also, if possible, ask the children to to remove themselves. So if there are like a group of children that want to see the the dog, as sometimes it happens, they go, can I pet your dog? And the dog is really not happy to be around them, then you can tell the children, I'm sorry, but he's not happy today. And without without scaring everything, they can also stay maybe another time, maybe another day. And that's it. And the interaction can stop there. But yeah, so you, you have a few a few um, tricks up your sleeve, if you like. But always, yeah, take, you know, give the dog the option of, of going away. I feel as well, if the dog knows that he can get away, he will choose that, mm. that solution. I don't think I've ever met a dog that wanted to be stressed, that wanted to, to be in that, you know, in that scenario. So they given the choice and teaching them that they do have that choice, then they will take themselves away. Very yeah. often they don't know that they can, silly as it sounds, they might just not know that they can get away. Mm. But we need to teach them that that's an option. But it's really interesting listening to you talk because just reading between the lines of what you're saying, a lot of it sounds like it's about how do you as a dog parent or guardian make your dog feel safe and let it know that they can trust you to protect him or her and give them and remove them from a situation that might be stressing them out. I was interviewing a, a dog behaviorist the other day and we talked about reactivity to other dogs when on leash. And one of the one of the key takeaways I took from that conversation was again, it's our job to make sure that they know that they can trust us and that we can handle a situation so that they don't feel so overwhelmed with stress. And I think the other key point that you made there, and I think we often, including myself, forget this, is it it must be very stressful to be on a lead and feel unable to escape from a situation. And I just I, again, back to what I always say is put yourself in your dog's paws. If I put myself in my dog's paws for a moment and just think if there was something coming my way and I was like, I don't know what that thing is. It's freaking me the hell out. And then my partner had was holding me from the arm and wouldn't let me go and wasn't kind of just helping me feel safe and realize it was like, I would be freaking the hell out and I'd probably get quite vocal about how I felt well, yeah, 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 and yeah. defensive about yeah. how I felt. So I think just thinking of it that way is really, really helpful. So yeah, no, thank you for that. I think, I think that's, that's just such a great perspective on putting ourselves in, in, in their paws really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also when you think about it, you know, there is sometimes a bit of a debate on how we should call ourselves. Are we dog owners? Are we dog parents? What are we kind of thing? And whichever way you look at it, right. The meaning behind the word is still that we will look after them. As a parent of a pet or a human, you have to look after them. You want to teach them to walk at first and to, to know that they have to go to school and things like this. And you need to 
to train your dog to know not to kill everyone. But no matter how you see it, and no matter what position you have in the dog world, still you are that person that has to look after your dog. So do the job. <laughs> and it's not just about feeding them and giving them water and shelter, but it's also out there, making sure that they feel safe when they encounter something that they might not like or they might not be sure of. Yeah, and I and I don't think we necessarily think of that consciously. I almost think, and, and I will I'll speak for myself here, and I'm I'm sure you know some listeners would agree, is that you you bring a dog home, and in those early days, you don't necessarily think of it that way in the sense that they need they need emotional support they need they need you to be their person they need to make sure they need to be able to trust you in order to feel safe in a world that they're not many dogs my, my dog's a rescue dog I mentioned before on several times the podcast she was found in a field in an area where there were very few buildings and cars and then she's suddenly brought into a whole new environment this thing called a city that we're totally used to but she's like what is this place what are these things whizzing down the road making lots of noise and all these people and it's it must be just really overwhelming and just giving them the emotional support to make sure that they feel as safe as possible is just I agree with you it's so 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 important and it is absolutely our role and I think that's why I'm a huge fan of education and and why I love doing this podcast is because I get to chat with people like you and I I learn about everything I've learned from you so far is everything I need to change in my behavior to make my dog feel safer. It's not that she's not being a bad dog. She's not being naughty. She's not intensely trying to harm a child. There is, there is a fear there and she just needs to feel more supported and, and, and safe. And it's on me to figure out how to do that for her. Yeah. And to be fair, I think a lot of the people that listen to, to your podcast will relate uh, to you having a rescue dog. And the, the probably the biggest, if you like, issues is that sometimes you just don't know what happened to that dog before mm. it came it came to the, the shelter. It's a bit of a mystery, isn't it? Um, so they might not have known many things, even just the radio. They might not have heard just this, this sound coming out of it. What's that? Uh, television. Oh my gosh, how weird is that? All those things that, as you say, we take for granted to them are completely alien. So yeah, we need to we need to help them. We need to guide them through life and just making sure that we're there, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I think I think that's that's great because it's really about building that foundation and just constant constantly working on it as well someone gave me a, a dog trainer that I know once said something which I thought was great is that you have to think of all of this support and emotional support training whatever it is like a battery if you don't constantly top it up it does empty over time yeah, <laughs> it's not like just train them yeah. or support them with one thing and then you're kind of done and you move on to the next it's it's it is ongoing right yeah 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 what a great analogy yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Debbie, I'm keen to 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 tell listeners more about some of the ways you work with clients and your association works with clients to support them with these sorts of issues. Do you do remote sessions or is it all in person? Like how does it work and, and who are your typical clientele? 
Yeah, so, well, because of, of COVID, I think that has pushed into revolutionizing the, the, the world of education in general, I think, because a lot of the things can be done online. In fact, a lot of things are better if done online in some respects. Um, sometimes when you are there in person, yes, it's great. You can see where, where the dog lives and you can effectively talk to the kids, which is brilliant as well and always good fun. But when you do some things remotely and you are not there physically, the dog is is more in a natural environment. So you mm. get to see, even if just on camera, you get to see more of a, of a natural situation. Also, sometimes when you go and visit a family with kids, uh, kids get quite excited because you're, you know, you're there, there's a novelty. So they tend to over, <laughs> over um, react, if you like, they go a bit over the top. And normally they might not do that. And you kind of want to see what normal life is like to really, really help someone. And the funny thing is as well, is that parents, while they tend to maybe hide a little bit what they do, they mm-hmm. seem to be very honest about what their <laughs> children do. <laughs> They're quite happy to wrap them out. <laughs> um, and it's funny as well, if you have siblings, you see, going to say siblings, they're always like telling each other, oh yeah, he's done that to the dog. No, he's done that to the dog. Go, oh my goodness. So, and that happens both online and, and uh, in person, to be fair. Uh, the other thing online is that I think it's because of the iPad and, you know, YouTube and all that. Kids love a screen. So mm. they they are quite happy, you know, that is to sit in front of the screen no matter how old they are, which, uh, you know, it's quite surprising. <laughs> so that iPad addiction <laughs> that kids have nowadays is actually um, good for online lessons. But luckily, we CAD, we are, you know, we are everywhere in the UK. We are starting to to be a bit in, more international as well. We have some um, professionals in in America as well and Canada. So it's starting to to get more international as well. So uh, things can be done easily in person as well as face to as online. Okay, super. And then and then just to be clear for for listeners your your programs you would support with educating the children as to how to behave around dogs and also helping them work through their fear of a dog but also people like me for example who I don't have kids I have a dog who seems to be scared of kids so you would do both right yes exactly also because to be fair you don't you know you don't have to have children yourself when children are everywhere and you might even have children within the family and niece and nephew or friends with kids. But children are in our world. And even though they might not be in your home, your dog will is very likely to encounter children. So we always want to make sure that you as a human know what to do and that your dog is not um, completely overwhelmed by the fact that yeah. they exist. Yeah. <laughs> Those little mini humans exist. <laughs> it's, so, it's, it's so fascinating to watch how some dogs react to children when you you just look they're like they're really just trying to figure out what are those things that's what they're really trying to figure out it's just it's just fascinating to to watch them go through that but I will link to your website in the show notes of this episode as I did last time one other question that I think we'd be keen to go through is if a dog who can tends to react in the ways we've talked about when they see children say that dog walking down the street and the child walks by and you can see the dog is slightly tensed up but has not barked has not lunged and has just gone past would you reward the dog in that situation after you walk by and just say good girl good boy and give them a treat or would you just 
not make any fuss over it at all. Well, you, you can. It wouldn't hurt them to be rewarded for, for that, you know, for if you like having endured it. You can even just give them a cuddle if you don't have anything. Mm. If your dog, obviously, yeah. uh, would like a cuddle. Um, but yeah, you also want to have a little look. Why is it tense? And you might find out as well that maybe some children wear a hat, a particular hat is what is triggering them. Or maybe Wellington boots, you know, the uh, rain boots, they could also, because they, when they, when children walk in them, they can make a bit of a mm. plasticky, funny noise. So that might be triggering dogs. So it could be interesting to find a pattern on what your dog or the dog is tensing up for. So mm. that then you can, you can help, you can help your dog by preventing that. But definitely, yeah, definitely. You can't reinforce fear with love. So uh, you can only help them if you like to overcome it. So, yeah, yeah. I love that. You can't reinforce fear with love. Indeed. Oh, I think that's <laughs> one. Like when you, when you were a kid and you had a nightmare and your, your carer, your family will look after you in that, that time. They're not taking the nightmare away. They're not making the nightmare worse, but they're making you feel better. That soothing moment just yeah. you know, makes you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm okay. I'm safe, yeah. actually. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. I love that. Well, Debbie, thank you again so much for taking the time to come back to the podcast and have this conversation with me today. It's really insightful. My pleasure. It's always a pleasure talking to you anyway. So it's, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Debbie.